I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is about the exploding resale, thrift, vintage fashion world, but also its offshoots into sustainable fashion, the rental economy, and what it means for our world, our planet, our closets, your wallet. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by the bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane, producer extraordinaire. Hi, Sarah. Oh, thanks, Mayor. Hi, how are you? Well, I just had two delightful weeks in Los Angeles, and let me say, I am chilling. Well, I am glad to hear it. Uh, you were staying over in a <laughs> more temperate part of the city uh, than I live because we have been inundated with some serious heat, but can't complain. It's L.A. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I was in Venice Beach, uh, which is very west and right on the water, and I just felt as relaxed as all of these surf bums that I'm sort of like, I don't know what you do to make money, but I was like, th- had I stayed like two more days, I would have been like that guy playing a flute on rollerblades on the boardwalk. <laughs> I was like that close. Yeah, like, I think it, I think it happens to the best of us. You know, my my old apartment building that I lived in. I paid a pretty penny because, you know, that's what I do. But uh, a few of my neighbors who lived in the building had lived there so long that they were just like, oh, we'll just never leave because we have low rent. So I think that's what happens to the Venice locals who are like, "Okay, this is just my life. Going to get some rollerblades on and, you know, cut off some denim jeans. And chillax. I mean, I went from like I got to Los Angeles. I immediately put on shorts Then after a couple days. Like I started to just not wear pants because if you're at the beach and especially in Venice, like literally nobody cares about anything. Then I stopped wearing clothes altogether and was just wearing a swimsuit. And then for a brief period, I went real Venice, which was like I stopped wearing shoes, which is like a point at which you need to catch yourself. Yeah, I've done it. (laughs) I I lived close (laughs) enough to the sand myself that I was like, eh, what's a, you know. I'm crossing one alley. I probably won't get a staph infection. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's easy to let go. And sometimes you look at yourself and you're like, oh, well, I've really let let a lot go here. Yeah, but you know what? I was like just not wearing clothes and just like chillaxing and 
It was great. So I did a lot of It Never Gets Old shopping. I went to all of the Wasteland locations. My favorite resale shop, I would say. They have three in LA. Uh, and actually, I made it to the one Wasteland I've never been to, which is San Francisco. Oh, that's right, because you took a little jaunt up north while you were out west on vacation. Wasteland San Francisco, is that on Hate Street? On Hate Street, and I was in San Francisco. I was in San Francisco for the Levi's Women's Conference, and I did two Brag Better sessions, and it was so awesome. I wore all vintage Levi's, duh, and like all of the like cool, it was an internal conference, so it was for a lot of their awesome women that work at Levi's. And um, there were such amazing like vintage jackets, new jackets, like incredible uses of denim. It was amazing. But yes, I'd never made it to the Wasteland. This was my first secondhand shopping experience actually in San Francisco. It's funny, very different from Los Angeles. Like if you're looking for jeans and t-shirts, Wasteland LA is it. If you're looking for like lots of great sort of jackets, I mean, it makes sense weather wise, but like jackets, sort of Japanese designers, darker colors, a lot of grays, a lot of blacks. And then I decided I bought four boiler suits this trip, uh, which if you don't know what a boiler suit is, it's like overalls on steroids. It was literally worn by the guys in the boiler room that would put it on over their clothing. So if the boiler exploded, they wouldn't ruin their clothes. But it's basically just a giant onesie with sleeves and it's the best. Is it thick? I mean, is this the sort of thing that outside of an actual boiler room you'd be comfortable in all year or no? Yeah, so I mean, now obviously fashion has taken this, it's sort of usually long pants and long sleeves, often in denim or an army sort of fabric. And they can be pretty thick, but like one of them that I bought was like made well, but one that I bought was vintage. Um, One that I bought was Rachel Comey. They really like, just are vast and, you know, depend on thickness. But I've just decided from henceforth, I want to just dress like a giant baby. <laughs> I don't hate that. I I actually have a, it's not a one, well, it's not a footed onesie. It's a, it's a pair of baby pajamas, right? And it is, it's just, you have to really be cold in order to, to put it on. But there are times of year when it works, and boy, is it comfortable. And it it is literally like something I bought for Halloween to be a baby, and I just kept forever. Yeah, this one that I got in San Francisco, which is sort of like for Oshkosh, Bagosh, overalls, it's sort of that kind of denim that's almost striped. And I was wearing it, and they put me in, Levi's flew me in business class, and you know, you have all these like moneyed San Francisco VCs, and me in my giant baby suit, like just chilling. (laughs) But it was great, and uh, I've decided that I love them. But the the occupational hazard was I was wearing this gray boiler suit, and then I dropped a sleeve in the toilet. Uh, That, and that is something that you've, you've actually warned folks. On this here podcast, if you're not careful, it will happen to you. I mean, it happened to all of us in grade school, elementary school, when we were wearing overalls. Like, you just... And so then I was like, fuck. And then you have to take it off, which means you're wearing no clothing. And put it in the (laughs) washing machine and figure out what to wear. Uh, So on the subject of putting things in the toilet no <laughs> grossness i want to i want to talk today about towing a line of like second hand i wouldn't say taboo things 
But the world of secondhand underwear, bras, swimsuits, and even sheets. What do you think about that, Sarah? Mm, what, uh, of the things listed, what would I just say too far? Um, We're depending on all of it. Let's start, start with underwear. Starting with underwear, I'm not going to wear somebody's underwear. I mean, not, not my best friend, not my mom. I mean, so, so people that I am close with and considered not gross at all, not going to do it. It's just not, it's not going to happen. It would be like wearing someone's night guard. What if uh, they had the tags on? Hmm. Well, that would mean that they weren't worn, right? Ostensibly. Okay. Uh, Which is funny because I almost bought a set of Hanky Panky on uh, Poshmark the other day. And I was like, at the very last minute, I was like, I don't know. Something's weird about this. But they seemed very new. If If they seemed completely new... And yet I knew that maybe somebody had tried them on and just been like, oh, I don't like the color. They don't fit right. Maybe I would be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, so I actually have bought hanky pankies on a resale site. So hanky pankies, for those of you that might not know, are a popular thong underwear that just does not feel like butt floss all the time. They like have sort of lace sides. They're pretty ubiquitous. They're very expensive. I mean, I think they retail for like 20 bucks a pair, which is ludicrous. And obviously in that, you know, INGO planet, we're not paying anything close to retail. So, you know, you can find them often at now they've started to be in places like a Nordstrom Rack, a TJ Maxx, and they're lower prices. But once you start poking around on the secondhand Internet, now something like The Real Real, something like Tradesy, I don't know as much about Depop. Uh, and whether they would stock this, but they wouldn't have something like a hanky-panky set of underwear. So I bought a new set. I'm trying to remember if it was from eBay or it was from Poshmark, but they came in like a box, and the only thing I was eked out about was that the seller was a dude. Why? I I don't know. I was like, why do you have these? I think anybody who sells enough merch on a platform like Poshmark or eBay... He's going to have all sorts of things. I mean, how how would a woman get a bunch of underwear that still have the tags on them? I mean, something's going on no matter who you are. I guess that's true. But I was sort of curious and I don't know. I guess now this is my own just like random sort of prejudices. But I always I mean, I prefer I don't know. Like, I I don't know (laughs) how this guy got his hands on a like three pack of new hanky pinkies <laughs> like were they a gift for a girlfriend or what does he like to wear them I mean we wear whatever you want like no judgment there the hanky panky the low rise because they have a couple different fits the low rise might actually fit the male form okay again depends on the male uh there's you know there's we all have various amounts of junk to tuck away but there might be more <laughs> hanky panky wearing ma- men than we know yeah, various amounts of junk, Sarah Lane. So, yeah, I mean, so so something like that I've bought with tags on. It's interesting. I had someone reach out to me saying that they were helping someone sell a very, very high-end collection of lingerie. Now, we're talking about, like, La Perla, Agent Provocateur. That stuff, like, the bras are like $1,000. What about that, Sarah? Well... <laughs> I'm such a cotton undergarment kind of person that a lot of that stuff, while I can appreciate it as beautiful, unless, yes, someone with lots more money than me was like, Sarah, please let me buy this for you so you can wear it and like 
make me feel some type of way. It's just never going to happen. But I think that in general, something like that is treated as a precious item. And so I guess it's a little different than what I'm thinking. Oh, you just got it under your jeans. You're sitting around all day and you're sweating in it. Yeah, it's different. I mean, I I am wearing a Gap bra and uh, I think... Uh, this is I'm wearing Amazon underwear yo shout out to Amazon underwear (laughs) but it's not my style but a lot of people like really a lot of women people feel very empowered with very fancy lingerie and this stuff gets really really expensive I remember walking into the agent provocateur store in in France and looking around and yeah I mean the underwear is $500 the bras are $1,200 And the person that was asking my advice on selling this collection said it was probably like a $40,000 collection of underwear. Can I just ask, uh, it doesn't matter how the collection was procured, but why were they getting rid of this amazing collection? I think it reminded them of someone they didn't want it to remind them of. I mean, That's got to be a high selling point for lingerie on the secondhand market. But and a lot of stuff like that Balenciaga, like honestly, like, I mean, we'll talk, I want to talk in an episode about like juju and feelings of like garments and, you know, some more of the woo-woo type of the stuff, but you can really get good stuff when people, when things remind people of their exes or what have you. And so she was like, well, what do I do? So I said, first of all, let's talk about this for a second, how I broke it down for her. So I said, all right, if this is a $40,000 collection of underwear, you cannot sell any, you can sell the really high-end stuff to like, like the real real they will take la perla they will take agent provocateur um like the really incredibly high-end things but they obviously have to have tags on them and so i said you know let's say half of it twenty thousand dollars of it has tags on send it to the real real they'll probably take 70 percent of it i'm doing a bunch of math right now but let's say they take 75 percent of it which is what fifteen thousand dollars and then you get 60 percent of it so that's like eighty five hundred nine thousand dollars you could maybe retain. Hey, I'd take it. Can I? Okay, dumb question. Some things I understand maybe never worn. Tags are still on, or maybe the tag was cleverly hidden. With lingerie, that's going to be way more of an issue. So are these like? If you're saying okay, roughly half of them might have tags. Were they just gifts that were never worn? Yes. Okay, so you're not you're not like doing a sexy show in the bedroom with like the tag hanging off the back. <laughs> that would be iconic if you did a sexy <laughs> show in the bedroom or sexy for yourself and then just took and then kept the tags on, which like we don't we don't endorse that kind of behavior. But like that was an example of this really high end stuff. I mean, I think for the most of us would not buy ostensibly secondhand undies, but like I don't know, like if you have like sh- give us a shout out or like you know, now I'm thinking about like plots of like Orange is the New Black and like the used underwear ring. Like that's not really the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. We're more talking about like, you know, buying and selling the stuff secondhand. But if you have a brand like so let's switch into selling for a second. If you have a brand that's very desired, like a hanky panky, some of these higher end brands. I mean, we talked about it with sports bras like it's a little bit more intimate. I think a lot of it, like, it's funny because a bra and a sports bra, like, really aren't very different if you think about them. You know, if it's some, it's a, if it's a brand that people people want, I think it's very clear that we've established you can get anything secondhand on the internet and anything secondhand in a store from someone or what have you. It's just a matter of like what you're willing to sacrifice. But also, if it is a brand that's hotly desired enough, like people will stop caring that it's used. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point about the sports bra and the bra. Because of course there's there's sort of like sports bras, I assume, have been sweated in. 
I don't know, I might just wear a sports bra just for fun, no problem. But most of the time when I'm wearing a sports bra, I'm like going jogging or hiking or something where I got to keep the bits in a little bit more. That's why I wear them. So I kind of assumed that if I was buying someone else's sports bra, they were doing the same thing. And I'm okay with that because I'm like, okay, well, exercise. We, we have compartmentalized ourselves into something where it's a little bit more acceptable to feel like, oh, you got to take a shower because that would kind of be what it's for. So maybe that's a little bit of the line that I'm walking when my first reaction was like secondhand underwear, no way. But then it's like, well, I mean. Exactly. Eventually, eventually I take you into my world of like, well, you know. It's a... So let us know if you've, you know, bought or sold. I'm trying to, I don't think I've ever sold secondhand bra or undies, even if they had the tags on them. I hate bras and bra shopping and I just like go to TJ Maxx and I'm luckily a common size. I just like pick out a couple and like I would like to spend exactly $10 on a bra. But if you have some of the nice stuff and want to buy some of the nice stuff, you can get great deals online. So another world of secondhand potential ick is swimwear. Now, I will admit I have bought secondhand swimwear and not even necessarily ones with the tags on it. Um, are you judging me, Sarah? I'm not really, and I knew you were gonna ask me this because you mentioned swimsuits at the top of the show, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. I sort of think, I mean, you could wear a swimsuit as underwear completely normally, I'm sure people do it all the time, but I think of it as like, okay, you're gonna go to the beach, you're gonna be swimming, you know, the, the water's kinda kinda be flowing through, or, or a pool with chlorine, which is designed to kill everything anyway. So somehow swimsuits don't seem as gross to me. Well, so there are a lot of these like trendy direct-to-consumer brands, like a Solid and Stripe, like a Flagpole. I think there's one called Somersault, which is always advertised to me on Instagram, that are really desired. And so then proliferate on the secondhand internet. And I had really wanted this particular solid and striped swimsuit that I saw on like Demi Lovato. Uh, it was just like a cute print. And I scoured around and ended up finding it on Poshmark. But like do your due diligence in these situations. Like ask how many times it's been worn. Ask for measurements. Like I bought a redone did a collaboration with Solid and Striped. And I was like, great, take my money. And I bought it on um, Poshmark. And then I tried it on. And it's like, you know, everything's like so intensely 1980s, like Jane Fonda high cut right now that it looked insane. <laughs> yeah, there is a swimsuit trend going on where every so often I'm like, oh, that's not what I would buy, but I like it. And then there's a lot more that I'm like, nope. But again, yeah, a swimsuit is in a way that intimate apparel is not even because a lot of the times it's just under anyway and just supposed to be comfortable and hidden. Um, the, the swimsuit can be deeply unflattering if you don't know what you're doing. Well, swimsuit shopping, I mean, it, it should, it's not fun, but it can be. But then I bought some flagpole, uh, which is like a very fancy brand and the top's retail I think for 120 each and there are a couple nonprofits that sell on Poshmark which is actually really cool. I want to delve into that a little bit more and I bought them from I forget it was like the Ovarian Research Foundation or something like that. They were 15 bucks each instead of like 120 and they had the tags on and they're great. They're like very high end nice. So like if you're looking for this stuff, it's definitely out there. I mean, if you're going to like it's funny, La Perla swimsuits. I don't know who La Perla's for. I mean, it's very nice. It's very pretty. It fits like 
nobody like whatever bra size you think you are or underwear size like you know you have to go up like 16 sizes and true with the swimsuits too I tried on one of their swimsuits the La Perla store was near my um hotel and I was like you know like I'm gonna get like a La Perla swimsuit like blah blah blah, treat yourself which like stop treating yourself Meredith um but like actually like my boobs like like it just it stopped like they they didn't it was not long enough. <laughs> I was like, who is this for? It just didn't didn't work at all. But so like kind of know what you're looking for because like obviously you can't return these things. The higher end sites aren't going to take this sort of stuff. The stuff we're talking about today is like really down and dirty. Maybe that's what we'll call this episode. Uh, you know, in the secondhand interwebs, you know, thrift and vintage, you know, consignment stores will sell swimsuits with the tags on. I for years at a store in DuPont Circle, um, have bought fancy swimsuits from a boutique in LA that sells all of their overstock to them. Um, and these are like really nice swimsuits. So you can totally find this stuff. I've also sold a bunch of swimwear, solid and striped, which is like really trendy and popular in particular, or Onya. I don't know. They're all these like trendy swimwear brands that like you, you can actually sell them. Yeah. You obviously know more about swimwear brands than I do. I mean, I know what sort of just the like common stuff that you go to like a surf shop and get right like I have like a hundred Roxy swimsuits somewhere in a box in my bedroom but well not that many but you get you get what I mean I don't really care about stuff like that what I care more about is like is my tan line gonna be weird and does this make me look as good as possible but yeah it is a huge category and I mean Go into a department store and try it on bottoms where they've got the, you know, the thing that you peel off if you buy it, but you don't peel off if you don't because that's rude. You know, that that's a fair element of gross anyway that a lot of people have just gotten used to over the years. Totally. And so, you know, I think we need to revisit our initial very first episode bacteria study. But that actually let's still let's, let's I'm going to bookmark that in my head. But yeah, I mean, Sarah, like people really want your Roxy swimsuits. I will tell you that. Well, I'll tell you that the tags aren't on them, and a few of them have been a little sun bleached, but sure, you can have them. People will buy them. I mean, you can really, this is always what I'm telling everyone that will listen literally now with It Never Gets Old, but there is a market for whatever it is you're selling. And if you're like, really, swimsuits? Someone will pay $10 a swimsuit, maybe, Sarah. Like, it's it doesn't have like I'm a label whore and luxury obsessed and all of that stuff but like any of this stuff you can find on the internet or in some of your local thrift stores uh they will sell them too and I think that once you the selling part of it as you mentioned before can can trip a lot of people up unnecessarily because it seems like it's going to be a hassle buying something's easy you just have to try not to buy too many things you know unless you can afford them selling stuff people go I'm schlepping around and there's boxes and stuff but I think once you get the volume under control where you're like okay you know in and out in and out then that all becomes part of a much more normalized routine. So even if I can't get a ton of money for a few Roxy swimsuits, well, maybe I, you know, I got to go uh, ship a few other things anyway. So it's not like I had to make an extra trip. And will will I take free money? Yes, I will. Totally. So like to revisit, if you're, okay, so if you're trying to sell stuff with tags on it um, and it's higher end, you can poke around on something like The Real Real or some of the higher end sites. 
Uh, you can bring it to a local consignment store. Some of them will take swim. It totally depends if it's nice enough and great enough condition and sort of like trendy or not trendy, but like, you know, current enough that someone would want to buy it. And so, uh, this goes also for like some swimsuits for if you have big boobs or, you know, you want like certain support and coverage, like those get really expensive. And I I have seen secondhand stores sell those with the tags on. So if you have one and like bathing suits, you often cannot return. They have wacko return policies. So you can potentially walk into some of these stores and sell them to them. Obviously, they have to be the correct season. If you're in Los Angeles, they could be any season. Um, but that is something that exists. Then stuff without tags on it, like Sarah, like I, I mean, if you have that box of Roxy swimsuits and there are five of them that you don't wear and you can get like. 10 bucks, eight bucks for each of them. Like that's 56 bucks for you to maybe like just buy something new with, Mm -hmm. I mean, new, new secondhand. Sure. But I like, honestly, I think everybody should be selling everything and you just never know until you try. Well, yeah. And the last big trip I took to the Salvation Army, which I promised you I wouldn't do, but I broke down one day. Um, you know, it's, there's some tax write-off involved, but I, I thought to myself, some of this is beyond repair. Like we're talking socks with the holes in them type thing, you know, or underwear that quite frankly, I wouldn't even want someone to buy them even if they offered me a lot of money. Just no, just no. But, uh, they were multiple bags and I knew that I, I was partying with money for no reason that I could have gotten back. Well, listen, it's really important to donate. There are a lot of people that need your clothing that you would consider this thing you don't want. You also need to look at what places will accept. A lot of places will not accept underwear donations. Right. Um, they will not, like I will link to friend of the podcast, Dina Marlowe, started something called Support the Girls, where she has donated over 3 million tampons, pads, and bras to homeless women around the world. Oh, that's amazing. And so that's always an option for your bras. Bras are actually, particularly for homeless women, um, a very serious luxury and something that is not often donated. So if you have a lot of bras, if you've changed sizes, um, if you're getting rid of them and you don't think, you know, they likely won't be something you want to sell on the internet, like there is someone who deeply wants and deeply treasures something like that. So I think, you know, more than anything, one reason why it never gets old also is moving in this direction of talking more about the closed loop of fashion. Sustainable fashion is like, you there's there's always someone who needs to be clothed and we have an excess of it so that's a really important thing to do all right next on our down and dirty list pajama jammy jams what do you think sarah uh that doesn't bother me really it doesn't bother me any more than it would bother me to get a dress secondhand is it because are we talking because like people have sex in bed or what? I don't know. I was just sort of like, well, maybe they sweat in their sleep, which is exactly where both of our heads <laughs> Well, I guess they're, they're not mutually exclusive, right? So there's, yeah, okay. I guess if, if you're too warm in bed, then yeah, I guess it can get a little funky. But no, I don't, I, I that wouldn't be where my mind would naturally go. If I thought jammies were cute, I think I'd be okay with it. And I'm laughing because ostensibly anyone could have sex in any garment of clothing. I yeah. mean, like, so that's something, that's something to, you know, bring into your Thursday, but. In fact, often if there are jammies involved, they get 
taken off. So yeah, there's, I don't know why I just went there like, well, cause you were like, what do you think, Sarah? And I was like, I don't know. Are we having sex in them? Like how many people had sex in them before I bought my silk pajamas? I don't know. I don't know how much I'd care about that. Quite honestly, it's like, I'm never going to hear the story, but no, I, it, th- this one bothers me the least of all the categories. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, if you go, it's funny cause like these silk sort of slip dresses or what, what are, nightgowns have made their way into in the grand 90s revival you know everyone's wearing slip dresses so I have a couple of my mom's I had one that was like my great grandmother's I have some like old lace and and like pretty things and those I've held on to but actually I sold my mom had given me she likes like silky robes and I I appreciate that but I just on a whim, since one was Oscar de la Renta, sent it to the Real Real, and it's listed up there for like three hundred bucks. I was shocked. Wow, these are because I I think of them as very not necessarily thin material, but fragile material, you know, stuff that would snag easily. Because she's talking about silk and lace and little straps and and that sort of thing. And I can imagine that it would retain value just for that reason, as as long as it's pristine shape. Yeah, I mean, I just wasn't wearing it, and I was like, "Fuck it, it's a luxury designer," and I, and they took it. So you never know until you send something to a site, um, or you list it, honestly. And people are definitely in the market again. It's a luxury category where stuff is really expensive, um, and these are like little luxuries for people. I love fancy sweatpants; those are my favorite, and I get a lot of those in Los Angeles. What do I mean by fancy sweatpants? Particularly in LA, there's just like this proliferation of really soft cotton overpriced brands. So you have like, what's the one in Venice? What's the one in Venice? Oh, Aviator Nation. You have like all things fabulous. People just like kind of hang out in sweatpants a lot, particularly in LA, but like fancy, like well-cut sweatpants. You have Cotton Citizen. They're ridiculously expensive. So, I mean, I would say I mostly sleep in fancy sweatpants and a vintage t-shirt, which just sounds on brand. But if you're looking for more luxury pajamas, like you can definitely find them on, on the secondhand internet. And frankly, like, Half the time, now pajamas look great as outerwear. So I actually have a vintage, like, dark floral pajama set that I wear in public. So it's... Well, I think the, the, the lines are blurred between fancy sweatpant type stuff and athleisure a lot of the time. There was a time where the first time I saw an attractive man... This is back in San Francisco. Sweatpants do very well there, right? Because it's always cold. Attractive man wearing, like, tailored cool sweatpants. I was like, we've gone too far, but you look good. And now I wouldn't even bat an eye. Totally, because everyone has those, like, you know, jogger sweatpants, and you look cute. Your butt looks cute. Mm-hmm. Like, boys look cute. Girls look cute. How you identify looks cute. So the final down and dirty breakdown category today is socks. Ooh, yeah, socks. Socks are always kind of funky. We just know it, you know? You got a sock <laughs> on inside a shoe. It's protecting you. Fr- it's there for a reason. There's some comfort involved, but yeah, kind of funky. Oh, you know what I've bought? So secondhand tights. Now, they haven't been worn, but the Wolford, the really expensive ones, like I was at some consignment store and they were like $5 each and those are like 90 bucks. And I was like, oh, excellent. And then I bought like so many of them and I just stuck them in a drawer. I should probably sell them. Shout out, look at those on my Poshmark. I don't know that socks and tights, besides the fact where you're like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, if there's if they're closed-toed tights, they're again going to be inside a shoe. I don't know if... 
It bothers me any more than secondhand shoes would, and they don't at all. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't think that I've ever sold secondhand socks. I mean, I my my one, I would say, non-secondhand, extremely not sustainable uh, practice is buying socks from Forever 21 because they have cute animals on them and stuff. And, like, today I was wearing sushi socks, and yesterday I was wearing zebra socks, and the day before... I was wearing smiley face socks, so I really like those because uh, they're cute. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of a different thing, right? If you could get them secondhand, you probably would, but at that point, you'd be splitting the hairs of a couple of dollars. A hundred percent. So, overall, in our down and dirty investigation, uh, underwear needs to have the tags on not you know live your truth swimsuits also needs to have the tags on or not live your truth pajamas literally whatever socks fine so basically (laughs) we are disgusting people and that's totally cool like we you know uh i want to hear though what is like the grossest thing you've ever bought or sold secondhand from listeners like I feel like I'm gro- a much grosser person than you, Sarah, and I'm really trying to rack my brain right now. So you mentioned, and I know we didn't get into it, but you mentioned sheets at the top of the show. And I will say that, and again, I don't know, I, I guess it would just really depend on the situation and if they were these like beautiful sheets that I really wanted and they, they seemed new enough. But you know how you'll see somebody throw their mattress out on the street and it's always like really stained to the point where you're like someone probably died on that mattress, looks really weird, or there's like some body fluid issues, yuck. There, the, In fact, I saw one on my walk with my dog earlier today and I was like, ooh, that's particularly bad mattress. So I think that that is maybe a category that would gross me out more than jammies. Like, oh, you're wearing your jammies in bed, whatever. Okay, they're comfortable. You know, hope you have a good night's sleep. But I feel like the sheets, I would equate more with that awful mattress under them. And so even if there was no stain visible, I would wonder who died in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I don't know what people are fucking doing to those mattresses. Like, what are people doing to their mattresses? I don't know. I mean, I don't want I don't want to know. I don't particularly want to know, but I totally agree with you that when you see people put and sometimes this is true for furniture and couches, I'm like, what? happened Happened. there's so much liquid involved (laughs) like you're not like a frat house is like maybe one thing but because i've seen some like you know in college going to frat houses and you're like oh my god of course this is like dudes ages like 18 to 22 like lord have mercy but like particularly with the mattresses and your nasty ass couches like what are you like what is happening guys yeah i the only thing i can think of because i just don't want to accept that adults uh, can't control themselves as I think well maybe you had a little kid and they just kept like having accidents or something during potty training I mean that's how that's how bad this mattress looked where I was like oh which like is like that's totally fair but then there are colors that you cannot identify that like are not that's not a pea color that's like a I mean yeah you have the murder color and then you have like <laughs> I don't I don't know what color right. <laughs> just various types of salsa like come on people what is going on here <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> Well, with the sheets thing, it's funny. So, you know, again, there are these sheet brands that are expensive and people like I finally caved and, and bought my first set of Brooklinen sheets, which I really like, which has been advertised to me on Instagram, the Internet, like in my apartment, I feel like for years at this point. Um, but 
looking around, people really want to buy it secondhand. People really want to buy these high-end bedding brands and they're they're really looking for a deal like the really high-end stuff um at any given moment like all i want in my life which is a completely insane deranged purchase is to buy i think it's the it's either i think it's the ritz carlton bed which like is like five thousand dollars for a whole bed and then all of their bedding and i just want to like pretend i'm in a hotel at all times um but like that level stuff you can you can get a bunch of it but again like i would buy the stuff only in a in a package that that hadn't been opened. I'll be on the lookout for that secondhand Ritz Carlton bed. <laughs> Although I think if anybody could find it, it would be you. I think I know what bed you're talking about. I thought they were, I thought it was the Four Seasons called like the Heavenly Bed or something. Maybe it's the Four know. Seasons. Maybe they. Maybe they all have their own lines now of cool beds. They actually do. That's like a whole thing. Yeah, I, it's funny. There, I don't think there's any way I could find that secondhand. But like if you really want to be a huge boob for like several thousand dollars and up, you can pick any hotel chain, luxury hotel chain, and they now sell the beds that they use plus all the bedding. And it is just a completely ridiculous desire of mine. So, I mean, truth be told, though, if anyone from the Four Seasons is listening and wants to gift Sarah and me um, the heavenly bed, we will take it and we will sell our mattresses and they won't be murder mattresses that we leave on the street corner. Uh, <laughs> we will find new happy homes for them. Yeah, my uh, my room and board mattress is a little long in the tooth, but it's in great shape, everybody. <laughs> Believe you me. <laughs> oh, God. are down and dirty i have labeled this episode as yuck uh but we want to hear from you you can find us online at ingopodcast.com you can also find us on twitter and instagram both at ingopodcast slide into the dms tell us what's grossing you out tell us what you're into buying that other people might find as gross or just like living your truth email us at any time at hello at ingopodcast.com uh, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really makes a difference for us in trying to get those heavenly beds. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.